Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, up next on our 70 college football beats in 70 days is West Virginia. We are talking with Mike Oste. He is the managing editor of WV Sports Now, covering all things West Virginia Mountaineers, and he's with us now. Mike, how are we doing today? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, I know it probably hasn't been very dull, uh, you know, this spring and this summer covering West Virginia athletics, but I mean, just how excited are the people there in Morgantown to hopefully be thinking and talking about football in the days and the, the weeks and the months to come? Yeah, it's been pretty boring. I've been on like a two-month-long vacation. Yeah, nothing to do, nothing to cover, nothing to talk about. Yeah, obviously the focus has been on the basketball program and the resignation of Bob Huggins and that whole transition and just the whole madness that that is. But we are not far from the football season. There's still talk about the football team. I actually did a recent show in a one-on-one with Neil Brown about the past, present, and future of the football program. People were getting excited, and then the Huggins news happened, and that kind of took over. But now it's getting a little bit back to football. Of course, though, as you, I'm sure, are aware, there are a lot of fans that are very down on the football program. So while they're getting talked about, there's maybe not as much excitement as in past years. This is year five with, with Brown and kind of a very important season to try to turn this around. Yeah, very interesting things uh, going on right now there in Morgantown. You look back, you know, last year for West Virginia, five and seven. We're in a lot of games, right? Uh, I mean, but the record was still five and seven. Why were they uh, a five and seven team last year, you feel like? I mean, that's a little bit of a loaded question. But yeah, they were in a lot of games. There were other games they, they were not in and they did get blown out and maybe games they should should have won that they did not. The, the backyard brawl to start the year. They played Pitt, the defending AC champ, and you know, you lose by a touchdown or so. They felt like that was one they let get away. Then you lose to Kansas. They didn't know about Jalen Daniels and Kansas being better than they normally are, but still, you lose an overtime at home, put a lot of points up and lose. They had games like that, got snake-bitten in certain games, calls, etc. The ball just did not bounce their way. I would say part of it was, number one, they added J.T. Daniels as a transfer quarterback that was supposed to be a veteran. He was supposed to revitalize his career, his value. He's supposed to be in the NFL right now. That just did not work out. Um, did not work out. He played well early in the season, but then their defense didn't hold up. West Virginia's defense struggled early on in most of the year, really. But then he started struggling, and once he struggled, they turned to Garrett Green as the backup. Nico Martial even played a little bit. They're now competing to see who starts this season, and the wheels just fell off. So either the defense was really, really bad and the offense was great, but the defense was so bad it didn't matter or vice versa, and then it ended up being 5-7. and seven. They didn't even get a bowl, bowl appearance out of the year, which is certainly below expectations for West Virginia fans. And going into year five, Neil Brown, only two bowl appearances, only the one went off the COVID year. So a lot of pressure this year, a little different team, but drama and both sides of the ball couldn't get together. The transfers didn't work out, and then other players departed. The program. Charles Woods, he got hurt early in the year. He was supposed to be the best defensive player in addition to Dante Stills. And then he ended up transferring out in drama by the end of the season and kind of going at it with Brown. So everything you could imagine that would go wrong in a bad season kind of went wrong 
for West Virginia last year. Like I said, uh, a lot going on uh, with West Virginia athletics right now. And you mentioned you know, Garrett Green uh, and as well as Nico Marcial vying for that quarterback spot. Uh, I mean, what do whoever whoever is the, the QB one there, what do they bring to the table? Well, they are similar. Uh, and, and Neil Brown has, has said repeatedly, he told me directly, that he believes in both of them. So this is the first time that Neil Brown's going to go with, and now his fifth year as head coach of WU, a homegrown QB. He's brought in transfers from Austin Kendall to Jared Deggy to JT Daniels. This will be a homegrown kid. Nico's a former top recruit. He played a little bit at the end of last year. This would only be his second year. He's maybe somebody with a little stronger of an arm. He's less experienced. He seemingly has made a little bit less mistakes when in there, even in practices. But Garrett Green, for me, probably has the edge to start. More experience. He's a dual threat. They both are, but he's even more of a dual threat. He's a great runner. He can be a burner. He can throw, certainly can. He has the big play potential, whether it's through his arm or on the ground, but does maybe get a little risky, which could cause some problems and cause some mistakes. So I would bet that Garrett Green starts the year I wouldn't be shocked if you see a little bit of Nico, too, even early in the season. Brown did hint at that to me just a few days ago. And the only way Nico probably wins the job is if in fall camp, Garrett Green really starts turning the football over and gets crazy because he did make it clear he wants mistakes minimized, and that could be who wins the job. So I would guess Garrett Green starts, but that's the potential edge for Nico. But you might see both of them. Might see both of them. Uh, at some point yeah we're talking west virginia football with mike Osti of wv sports now uh i mean elsewhere maybe this is tough to answer because there are some new faces uh in the lineup this year but give me a couple of guys maybe it's offensively defensively even special teams wise that intrigue you uh going into this upcoming season yeah number one offensively and it could be both transfers honestly they added devin carter former north carolina state wide receiver who was actually supposed to go to the NFL, but then decided to go to the transfer portal and ended up at West Virginia to see if he can truly be a number one. I mean, his numbers haven't really said that, even though their offense was different. He was more of a two. He's going to be the one with Bryce Wheaton gone, so he's going to get a lot of opportunities. And he's a big, bulky, athletic guy who can burn and run real fast. And then Cole Taylor offensively, too, another transfer from LSU, and Neil Brown has said, he's actually thrown out the quote, that Cole Taylor's open by birth. So he's a very big, kind of lanky tight end, kind of like a Pat Fryer move, uh, I guess, to, to compare. But his numbers didn't show you what Neil Brown says he can do at LSU because a lot of talent there, he wasn't always a starter, and they didn't use tight ends as much. They're going to use a tight end as a pass-catching tight end, which almost never happens at West Virginia. That's going to happen this year. So that is a player to watch to see how that works out and how Cole Taylor actually really is when he is a focal point as a tight end. Maybe even C.D. Donaldson. Second year is a beast, but he was hurt towards the end of last year. And then defensively, if Aubrey Burks can step up. Aubrey Burks, now a veteran on the secondary. They don't have much depth on the secondary, so he's really going to have to have a big year. Could potentially become an NFL player if he has a big year. And even Sean Martin for the defensive line, 
who's now the leader of this group with Dante Stills in the league, and if he can step up even further as well. But if those guys don't step up, the defense could hold this team back yet again. What's the most intriguing uh, or compelling thing uh, about this team going into 2023? Um, well, there's going to be a lot of storylines around West Virginia, and, and I would say the biggest storyline is going to be, again, about Neil Brown most of the year. You're going to even hear this nationally. They have a tough schedule early on in the season out of conference. They play on the road at Penn State, which everything can go right for you, and you could still certainly lose. Many people think they're a dark horse playoff team. they got to start there. They Then they have FCS against Duquesne, but then they play Pitt. It's going to be home. That's the back of your brawl at home after, after losing a close one in Pittsburgh last year. If they start out 1-2 and two with only an FCS win, and then you go into conference play, which is not going to be easy in the Big 12 and had a lot of ranked teams last year, you're going to week three or four here on national shows. West Virginia's shopping for a coach. Is Neil Brown going to be fired? I don't think he'll last the year if the wheels fall off this year. Certainly he'll be fired at the end of the year at least. So that'll be a major storyline is if they start out slow with a hard schedule, when – Neil Brown is let go. Does he last the year? Can they pick it up in conference play to kind of save his job? And how much of that does hinge on the play of whoever ends up being the starting quarterback, likely Garrett Green? But it's a tough schedule, so West Virginia could end up as another team that's discussed nationally, potentially for negative reasons again, um, as they look for potentially a new era of Mountaineer football if things don't get better and get better quick, but it will not be easy for the Mountaineers. Yeah, that was actually kind of along the lines of my next question with Neil Brown. Going on to year five, 22 and 25 through the first four years, uh, it has only had the one technical winning season, which was the COVID-shortened year. How hot is that seat? Is there a certain number that they have to reach this year for him to, to maintain being the guy there in Morgantown? Oh, the, the seat's scorching. Scorching. I mean, I said on my show last year the seat was hot, and some people kind of criticized because maybe he was going to turn it around or he did have COVID and different excuses that existed. But now that's all over. There's no more debating. I mean, the, the seat is scorching. The athletic director has admitted that it's a year-long evaluation period. So they have a new AD in Ren Baker who's leading the program now, and obviously, as we alluded to at the top of the segment, he's had a lot to deal with before even getting to a football search. So they got to win this year. I'm not saying that they got to go ahead and, and contend for the Big 12 title or, or the playoff or anything like that that West Virginia fans at some point want to get towards. But I would say at least we got to be talking about a bowl appearance. I would honestly think that if they don't win seven games, which would be more than a bowl appearance, he's still probably gone. Just for the fact that, yeah, six wins in a bowl, maybe win the bowl, would be a turnaround from how bad it was last year with an inexperienced team this year. But Neil Brown's going to be judged by the program, by everybody nationally, by the fans of West Virginia, off of the totality of five years now. Like, when you're going into year five, you got to have a winning season Started off the cover being bare from Dana Holgerson, and they gave him a mulligan. Did win a bowl game that you mentioned. But then it's just not been any type of climb that they're selling. So, again, a bad start where they, you know, they go one in three, one in four. 
he could be fired mid-season. I think they want to go the whole year with him. But if they have a losing year, he would be gone. And, and as you mentioned, 22 and 25, he's done a lot of good for the program in general, but not enough wins. And last year, when they started 0-2, that was the first time since the late 70s West Virginia has started 0-2. I mean, this is this four- or five-year period, if you look at the history of the program, 15th winningest program in college football history, top 15, it's one of the darker periods in the in program history, certainly in the modern era. So there's there's absolutely pressure. So if it's not a winning season, he is gone. And even then, that still might not be good enough. By the way, Ren Baker might be a name a lot of our listeners know, former Northwest Missouri State AD. Uh, Mike, before I let you go, uh, one interesting thing with West Virginia's schedule is you know they get to go to Houston and face Dana Holgerson for the first time since he left West Virginia five years ago, which is crazy to think that's been that long. Uh, I mean, where do West Virginia fans and, and kind of West Virginia in general stand on Dana Holgerson and how everything kind of went down there? Yeah, I mean, obviously Dana Holgren is very, very polarizing, and it would even have been cooler, as you could guess, if that, that series and Houston in the Big 12 could have started in Morgantown and Dana coming back to West Virginia. But it'll be a big deal, I believe, a primetime game when they go to Houston. Uh, honestly, there are West Virginia fans, and especially now after how bad the Neil Brown era has been so far, that realistically now we're starting to look back and realize, okay, you win a you win an Orange Bowl, which is a major bowl game, you win eight games most of the tenure, most of those seasons, most of the years you're vying for legitimate bowl games at minimum. Yeah, there was a four-win season that was bad. Yeah, there were some losses that you should have won. Yeah, you had Devon Austin and all those highlights and all those numbers, and you didn't really win that much with him. But again, the Orange Bowl, etc. Gino. They did win a lot early on in the Dana tenure that are still big moments. Again, mostly seven, eight wins throughout the tenure. So I think most people now are looking back thinking, okay, it wasn't Rich Rod, it wasn't Don Nalen, it was still a really good era. We're going to celebrate the Orange Bowl. But there are others that bring up that Dana Holgerson did lose a lot of games that he should have won with his talent, and he wasn't the friendliest. I mean, to be honest with you, there are a lot of former alums people that were associated with the West Virginia program that have admitted that they didn't feel welcome around the program under Dana, which Neil Brown has cleaned up a bit. So very polarizing tenure, had big wins, had some bad losses, but I don't know in terms of the relationship, how friendly it would be. I'd imagine he's going to get a lot of booze when he does come back to West Virginia, if he's still the Houston coach uh, in another year. So you got to to be fair to him. There was success there, certainly more than the Neil Brown era, but a little different vibe around the program than kind of the family atmosphere that exists now. So we'll see, but he also has pressure on him in Houston to, to get back to Morgantown and kind of turn it around there, um, unless he's going to be coaching somewhere else. Mike, I have been asking this to every uh, Big 12 uh, guy I've talked to so far this year. Who is your Big 12 championship pick, if you had to make one? And obviously it's going to be that loaded one-year Big 12 because you still have Texas and Oklahoma before they would depart. I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'm tempted to say TCU is not going to do it again or in terms of being one of the best teams. Obviously they didn't win the conference. Kansas State did. I'm tempted to think TCU is going to come back down to earth a little bit. 
Kansas State might come back down to earth a little bit. They did win the conference uh, over TCU last year besides the Horn Frogs getting in the playoffs. I would probably lean toward Texas, maybe. Uh, I know it's been a while since Texas has really been back, and it's hard to predict them to do anything because they're just going to disappoint you and their fans. But if I'm thinking the guys who were at the top last year are going to come back down to earth a little bit, then I probably would maybe lean Texas just because of their talent. Oklahoma probably going to be good again better than they were last year, at least good kind of again. It's been a couple years for them. Probably lean Texas. It's really hard to pick right now. Um, either Texas or maybe Kansas State to do it again, but it's hard to think it'll be back-to-back um, with the depth there. I don't think any of the newcomers are winning the conference next year, um, so I'd probably lean Texas if I don't want to go TCU and then Kansas State again. Yeah, I think Texas and K-State have been kind of the popular pick so far. Again, it's Mike Oste, WV Sports Now. Mike, we appreciate the time today. Lots of great stuff. Thank you, sir. And uh, enjoy this upcoming football season and all the craziness there in Morgantown. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be interesting and intriguing and crazy no matter what happens. That's kind of the life of, of covering the West Virginia program in any sport. So, yeah, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.